0: There. welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy
1: And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us,
0: as, as they, they should
1: be. be. that we both do this we both do this at the same time we're like well prayer prayer hands prayer hands prayer hands in front of our face
0: so ready (laughs) is that like an anxiety thing do you think that's a stem thing like adhd Uh, i don't know like yes mm -hmm. all of those i don't know neuro spicy items yeah yeah like i didn't I love my kids and the fact that they've d- discovered through TikToks. Mm-hmm. Look, you can discover a lot of truths through TikTok. True. The whole term gatekeeping. What? Totally learned about that. And there are a lot of things that we gatekeep from or older generations gatekeep from younger generations. Anyways. Yeah. I didn't know that was a term. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But one of them is the autism spectrum, right? And that you don't – I mean, it is best to have it – have tests run and have that, you know – what's it called? What's the word I'm looking for?
1: Like assessment done.
0: Mm -hmm. Have that Mm -hmm. assessment done and then told that, yes, you are on the spectrum on some level. But when you – when you have these certain neurospicy Tendencies. Tendencies. Yeah. Um, I didn't one.
1: realize that sleeping with T-Rex hands. That is where I live my life and I'm most comfortable. Mm-hmm. Sleeping with T-Rex hands. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is a sign of.
0: Mm-hmm. Not neurotypical behavior. Huh? Did you know <laughs> that just walking through your house and just. Randomly start dancing or randomly start singing is also hmm. one of those, and I do that on the daily. I don't do it at work because people would not take that too kindly, and they would probably think I was a weirdo, which is masking, so I mask all of that.
1: Yeah. Anyways. I've been masking my whole life. Girl. Like, whatever. I've been, yeah. I just let my
0: freak flag fly now. So here we go. Let's talk true crime. Let's go. True crime talk Tuesdays. Almost slight like taco. <laughs> so we'll so work on work it. Work on it. Mm-hmm. Damn it. <laughs> Fine. Okay. All right. So for whatever reason, I have been finding like Last week was or the week before last was the insane story of the of Charles Urschel. Right. Yeah, that
1: was bananas. I loved it. My sister literally texted me after the first episode and was like, please tell me you're releasing the second episode this week. And I was
0: like, sorry, Queen. Gonna make you wait. Sorry, Queen. Gonna make you wait. She was like,
1: I I need this episode because I'm on a flight and I need oh I need something. Sorry. And I was like, Well, there's like six million other podcasts out there. It's true. Do one of those. It's
0: true. <laughs> I mean, we love that you need ours, though. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I f- found another good story that, oh, that again, has not a ton of players in it, okay? but a ton of crime. <sighs> Petty crime. Not so much assault. I mean, it's, it wasn't just a murder that happened or multiple murders that happened. But these, I mean, still like big crimes, but I don't know.
1: Like a succession of little things that all culminate in something big. Yes. Okay.
0: And then while this big thing's culminating, tiny little things pop up. And then it, it was just like all over the place. And I loved it. And I was like, for the love of God, man, like, calm down it was almost like he was neurospicy and couldn't stop like he i just gotta try this i gotta try this type of crime and let's i mean try maybe this. let's try if
1: at first you don't succeed you know bank robbery isn't for you but
0: this okay i don't want to give it away i'm just gonna start okay. let's do this do let's it go. do it do All it right. while i was while I was looking, I ran across a documentary that was just recently released by a few men out of the Tahlequah area, and it the name of the documentary was just Brinley. Mm-hmm. Okay, the it was written by Jeremy Scott, Jack Revis, and BJ Baker. Okay, and it, liter- it was just released two weeks ago. Released where? On the YouTubes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's so you a YouTube. Can, yes, so you can go on there okay. and watch it. It was well done. I was very – like, it gave me the information that I needed. Mm-hmm. Newspapers.com. Finally got a s- subscription to that. Was able to find it. Shit ton. Mm-hmm. Because all of this happened back in the 60s. <gasps> cool. So we're going to go back to the 1960s. The swing swinging 60s. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Northeast Oklahoma – also in that prior area, mm-hmm. um, Tahlequah. Ma- mainly Tahlequah and um, Bristow is where. Okay. Kind of over in that area. All right. This is the story of Rex Brinley Jr. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Rex Brinley was born in Tulsa. December 23rd, 1933, to Garland – so it was Garland Rexford Brinley Jr. was his full name, Mm-mm. Garland Rexford.
1: It sounds fancy. Is he rich?
0: Was yeah. he born rich? Uh, they did well. I don't think they were rich rich. I don't think they were like Tulsa rich. They were upper middle class yeah. probably. Yes. Mm. Okay. So he was born to Garland Sr. and Betty Brinley in thirty three. His father was a businessman, uh, owned his own businesses, and his mother, stay-at-home mom. His mom at one point would describe Rex as the bad seed. Hmm. Yeah. So just from that, you can tell that it's not life's not gonna go well for Rex, more than likely. His mom called him the bad mm. seed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. Uh,
1: mm,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. I smell mommy issues, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he wasn't a very big man, like maybe a little under six foot, but he was like stocky build, mm-hmm. you know, like the stocky dudes, and just really ha- loved to fight, loved to pick fights, loved to be in, like, oh, he had a lot of anger issues, probably from his mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. By the time he was 30 years old, granted this was in 1960, what, 364, he was able to purchase 740 acres, build a home on that acreage, and purchase a Cessna airplane. Mm. Yes. And this was from he and his father owned a liquor store in Tulsa. And he also stated that he was a plumber. He
1: was in the mob. Sorry, did I just ruin
0: your story? You just ruined the whole Fuck. thing. No, you didn't. You want
1: me to cut that out? No, no,
0: leave it. in. No, no, leave it. In. Okay, I. <laughs> How you do did I it? know?
1: Because of the plumber. Because of the plumber. Yeah.
0: Well, I now I need to know. Like mm, that's like a big uh, mob cover
1: is plumbing. Plumbing and construction in general is a big mob cover for money laundering.
0: Nice. Yeah. Just side note my husband's in construction. He's not.
1: <sighs> he didn't even know when he walked into a trap house. <laughs> uh, he, he literally cannot. walked into
0: a trafficking house and was like, I just thought it was weird. There was no furniture.
1: What? Your husband could not. He's so um naive oh, and bless him, he has no concept of like people could be mean to other people cuz he's such a nice person. I know. He could never. I know. He could never take somebody's knees out for not paying him. No. He'd just be like, "It's fine.
0: <laughs> just get it get me the money when you can, hopefully sooner rather than later. It's fine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Anyway,
1: sorry. I'm going to cut that out because no, I, I feel bad because I no, 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 totally no. no.
0: You did not ruin it though. But it it plays it plays into this. Okay. Okay. That's funny that you said that as mm-hmm. soon as I said plumbing. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> he was known in this area around Tahlequah as a very arrogant man like to brag. He liked to brag about being tied to the Italian mafia. Duh. And that he could make one phone call to Kansas City and have someone blown up. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And if he had that much money, I I bet he he was probably right. It it probably wasn't an exaggeration. He was probably telling the truth and like bragging about it.
0: There and that was one of the one of the points they made in this documentary, was that the mafia did not like to stand out, and they did not like to brag. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're a bragger, you're you're a liability.
1: Yeah, you're putting a target on your own back.
0: Yes, which could tie to them. But right? if he was
1: rolling in that much cash mm-hmm. from being a plumber and mm-hmm. a liquor store owner mm-hmm. in in the sixties. Come on.
0: Right. He was doing something for them. Oh, sure. Well, let's get into okay let's Sorry. get into what he was doing for himself. I don't know if he was doing it for the mafia. Could be, now that you say that. hmm Put a whole new spin on it. <laughs> on this property, he had leased or was leasing 120 acres of this 740. Okay, Mm -hmm. to a Mr. and Mrs. Frank Jones. Mm -hmm. Well, while they were on the property, Brinley decided to, he wanted to try a little side hustle. Uh, The little side hustle he had going was cattle rustling, vehicle theft, Mm -hmm. and just theft of anything, really. So, do you want to explain what cattle rustling is? Yes. Okay. It's cattle theft, Mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. You are going onto someone else's property and taking their cows. Mm -hmm. Yes, and then keeping them or selling them or betraying them or whatever. Yes. Did you want to add on to that? Mm Because that's how. Okay.
1: No, I just am always concerned that (sighs) someone doesn't know what cattle rustling is. See,
0: in my mind, we grew up in the South Midwest whatever, where there's a lot of cattle. I mean, true, but... we. I also, in my head, was like, we have 14 listeners that are in Oklahoma. Yeah. No, girl, we have
1: almost 40,000 downloads at this point. What? It's more
0: (laughs) more than 14. (laughs) We still love our OG 14 now. Duh. Anyways. Not wanting the Joneses to become privy of Mm -hmm. this little side hustle he's got going instead of like, Hey, you gots to go. He decided to harass the couple to get them to move out. (laughs) It was so bad to the point that they brought a, they filed an injunction against him.
1: Probably because they had an actual contract, Mm -hmm. right? They had an actual like multiple year lease, Mm -hmm. I would assume.
0: Yeah. Mm. And so, Some of the things they said that he was doing was he would shoot off the locks to their gates, Mm -hmm. just harassment in general, basically. And they were like, make him stop, right? Like, we're not doing anything wrong. Well, he filed a cross petition. And do you – can you explain what a cross petition is for an injunction like that? Because I was trying because it's basically like I'm filing an in, a harassment injunction against you or whatever, a petition against you. And for you to file it back, cross petition,
1: yeah, so the Joneses probably filed something that said we have a legal contractual lease for this property. This man's is trying to force us to break our lease by means of harassment mm-hmm. and we would like to seek an injunction against him, essentially to stop the harassment, but to also uh, have a judge say that their lease is in force, mm-hmm. I assume. Yeah. And then if he's coming back and saying, well, I'm not harassing them, or they need to leave because of X, Y, and Z. Right. If he's saying the lease is not legal or whatever the reason is. He's essentially just counter-suing them without the suit. Right. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, apparently, during this whole litigation, the judge was not acting fast enough Mm -hmm. for him. And Brindley became very impatient and decided to send a telegram to the district judge. His name was John Quincy Adams. (laughs) Which I shut up. That's so random. In Vanita, Oklahoma. <laughs> 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 wow. And I have been to Venita. Have you ever been to Vanita? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's tiny little town. It's a cute little town. It's so pretty. Let's just be honest. Northeast Oklahoma is very pretty. It is gorgeous. Yeah. In this telegram, I'm going to quote you because they list the whole telegram. Like they say what this telegram um, contains. To District Judge John Quincy Adams says, in quotes, one, destroy my property. Two, lock my gates. Three, breed my Angus heifers to Holstein scrubs. Four, take over my barns and corrals. Five, break windows out of my barns. Six, (laughs) opposition attorney goes to play army. Seven, judge goes on vacation. Eight, take car and run over my horse. Nine, get to court, judge makes no decision. Ten, turn off water to barns, can't water stock. Eleven, have not seen color of money for rent. Twelve, I guess this is good old American way. And then it goes on to say. So
1: this was from Brinley.
0: Brindley to the to the judge, Uh
1: saying, "In all of this time that we've had this suit going, Mm -hmm. these are this is what has been happening to me. Uh, Yes, at the hands of my it doesn't the people leasing my property
0: that does not say. But let me finish what the thing says. It says, Judge, if you don't feel that you can make a decision, I would like to have a verdict against me, so I can take this to another court."
1: oh so he's just saying hurry up and make a decision and yes if i have to I'll appeal it yes okay yeah somebody ran over his horse apparently <laughs> and who turns his water off to his barns because like he owns over 700 acres who's turning his water off And why
0: can't you turn it back on? Right.
1: I have a lot of questions about that nonsense. No,
0: I I mean, 100%.
1: Yes. He is truly just wanting to hide his cattle wrestling hustle from the people that are leasing the property next to him, Mm -hmm. basically. Right. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, little did he know at the time that he sent this telegram People were kind of on to this little side hustle he had of cattle wrestling, and within four months, the district judge that he sent the telegram to would be the judge he faced when he was arrested for uh, cattle theft. Oops. That's- Yes. That's problematic. Yes.
1: I hate when that happens. Yes. Because you don't want to piss off your judge.
0: No. You, you really don't. don't ever want to do that.
1: No. Mm-mm. And if he was already known to this judge and then he's coming up on cattle rustling charges, mm-hmm.
0: big yikes. Yes. So this was the first trial for cattle theft. Okay. okay. It started in 1963. An interesting fact about the preliminary uh, trial was that it was postponed. On November 25th, 1963. When JFK got shot. Due to the courthouse being closed in observance mm-hmm. of the funeral of John F. Kennedy. hmm mm-hmm, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. In all, a total of 10 charges were brought against him. In connection with this cattle theft. Yes. He had the cattle, like, vehicle theft, cattle theft, um... He at one point stole a semi tractor trailer. <laughs> okay. Whoa. Yes. Well, one of his ranch hands, which a ranch hand is someone that works on your ranch, <laughs> right? Case <laughs> that's. I mean, if there's other, yeah. Lingo. That's a
1: question. That's a that's a real question. Yes.
0: Well, this ranch hand would, uh, I guess, what's it called? Turn state? Yeah, turn state's Uh, evidence. Turn state's evidence Mm -hmm. and testify against him. So uh, while on the stand, I I have the questions and answers, like the testimony. It said, when did you know you were going to steal the cattle? And this young man answered, when we were in the air. And, uh uh-huh. Question, you mean in the airplane? Yes, in Rex's airplane. Question, what happened in the plane? Answer, we took off from Rex's ranch and flew over Chelsea, Adair, Vanita, Pryor, and all that country. Question, is that when you saw the cattle? Yes. Did you make plans to steal the cattle then? Right after we flew over the pins, we were still in the air. Who was in the plane? Answer. Rex and me and Raymond Rodriguez and Bob Deck. Rodriguez, 30. Frederick, Deck, 37. We're both on parole at this time. Whoops. Yeah. Man. So, basically, they would get up in this plane, fly around the area, countryside. Yeah. And just pick and choose what farms, what ranches they're gonna steal cattle from. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then just crazy tack. All the confidence of mediocre white men. God bless them. You know? Yep. Yes. Yeah. They would just uh grab a stolen vehicle. In this case, it was a semi-trailer truck. Still a semi? Still a semi. Load up some cows? Mm-hmm. Steers, bulls, whatever. Right. Well, the funny thing about this when I was reading it is in the testimony, he said this uh, This young man, his name was Gerald Burt Stevens, is the one that turned states evidence. And he was 18 at the time. So he's just a kid. But.
1: Yeah, if I'm 18, I'm going to f- fucking
0: throw everybody under the bus too yeah it was like he had his whole life ahead anyway well when they were questioning him about stealing these cattle and about specifically stealing the semi-trailer they said did you back the semi-truck up to the chute and he goes on to say well we took turns because we didn't really know how to do it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but and then he said i can't remember who finally figured it out but we finally got it backed up to the chute and at that point they all just started just loading these cattle i mean yeah Mm -hmm. all in all from like i think three or four different farms there was 30 to 40 head of cattle that were stolen so they
1: probably just stole like a few from every farm Mm -hmm. so that They're not stealing an entire farm's worth of cattle. They're stealing, like, a few from every farm. Correct. So that
0: they're not immediately missed. That is correct. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Right. Well, I mean, if you're a rancher back in the 70s or 60s, though, you probably knew every one of your cattle. Do you think?
1: Well, so we grew up with our aunt and uncle going to count cattle every day. Yeah. They went and checked their cattle every day. Yes. I always assume that other people do that too, but I think with these, like, massive ranches, I don't know if you can, unless you have
0: them corralled up. Because if you have 700 acres, I mean... Usually the time that you would count head on cattle is at mealtimes, and so you would gather them all to a certain area... Um, I could, I'm pretty sure they also on large ranches as well. It was, it wasn't just on the top of your pickup truck. There was probably some type of other situation where you could (laughs) look down on 400 head of cattle or whatever. And
1: yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. If you, if you have like a large ranch and you have like hundreds of cattle Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and you're like missing three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not immediately
0: suspicious,
1: Right. That's true. But if those three haven't shown up by, like, the next day or the next mealtime or whatever, yeah. maybe you're, like, where yeah. they go.
0: Right. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and these people, it did not take long for them, like, the ranchers, the people in the community to be, like, there's this Brinley yeah, guy's they have cattle missing. Thug.
1: Yeah. And they've got cattle missing. Yes.
0: And, and he
1: all of the, of the sudden has cattle running on his mm-hmm. land where they weren't before.
0: Yeah. One of the ranchers was like, I could tell it was mine just from the road. Mm-hmm. Like, I could tell that's my, my bull or, you know, whatever. They ended up finding, like, a bull, um, uh, a heifer, some cows. They found some roping calves. Um, like, just all of these... All these different, you know, cattle that – he was just out there stealing cows. That other people could easily identify Yes, as their a, own. A, a few of them had tattoos, mm-hmm. and they were like, this is my tattoo. Like, what are you doing? Oh, he didn't even try to change, no. like, the brand or anything? Nope, not at all. Amateur. Girl, I know. <laughs> Amateur. What a, he was just, well, he was just so – cocky Cock- that's it yeah cocky. he was so cocky thinking he could he was like I'm gonna get away with it you can't do anything and here we are and here we are facing charges that trial would end in a mistrial oh he paid somebody off or the mob scared somebody well this it was a mistrial due to the fact that there was a search warrant. After they noticed the cattle on the land. So Mm -hmm. it's basically a technicality. They noticed the cows on the land. Then noticed, uh, or they had a search warrant for the land or something, and then noticed something near the home, and the home wasn't a part of the search Mm -hmm. warrant. Mm -hmm. And that's where they got it, and that's where they were able to.
1: That's how they were. A- something from the home was how
0: they were able to ascertain that all of these cattle were stolen. Well, they found the roping calves in the backyard of the home. Hmm. But that piece of property was a-
1: specifically mentioned in the warrant.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that fruit of the poisonous tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was able to go scot free from that. And this was um, the end of 63, I think. By by March of 64, a new trial would begin. No, no. Yeah. So it was January of 64. By March of 64, they would start a new trial. Okay. Okay. Because he stole another seven. uh, How many did he steal? I can't even remember now. He had stolen more cattle.
1: Between when he was... When they... Mistried. Mistri- uh-huh. Declared a mistrial and then two, two months later? Yep. He had already stolen more cattle? Yep. Yes. Well, I hope that they got their warrant f- situation fixed this time. <laughs>
0: they did. <laughs> they did. <laughs> okay. But he was so cocky again that he had a belt buckle made that said Mays County Flying Bandit. March of 64, a new trial began. So if it's a mistrial, they can retry you, right? Theoretically, as
1: long as they're not using the evidence that they, that was fruit of the poisonous tree to prosecute. So if the original evidence that they were using was like, we found these roping calves in the backyard of his personal home, and that section township range wasn't specifically mentioned in the warrant. Mm-hmm. They would have to have something else to bring him to trial for on the if they're going to still utilize that original search. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, somehow, he was brought back to trial in March. Okay. Uh, right. So, if not long after that trial ended in mistrial in January, he's brought back to trial in March. They would find him guilty at that time, mm-hmm. and he was sentenced to three years in prison. However, that one was a mistrial as well. Oh, like they overturned it after the fact? Yes. Okay. So, two so mistrials within one year, and this time, he this is when he decided to have the belt buckle made, kind of like a throw it in th- throw it in everyone's faces that he's gonna get away with this. Right. One year later, he would be charged yet again, this time from four different counties. Wagner County, Lincoln County, Rogers, and Mays County. Hmm. Okay. Yes. And Kingfisher County as well. Hmm. They added that one on. Yeah. This time they obtained a search warrant that included everything. I would hope so. Yeah, they made sure. Mm-hmm. So while this was going on, he was also being, he had assault charges brought against him by a man in. I believe it was uh, around the Tahlequah area that said, unprovoked, while this man, his name was Robert um, Sayzow, S-A-I-Z-O-W, while he was showing someone how to put an air conditioning unit in, Brindley walked up and started assaulting him and beating him to the point of he had to be hospitalized. That's random. Like, unprovoked. Okay? Super random. Yeah. Well, again, by the end of November, there was no... The assault charges uh, were dropped against him, and the um, now third trial ended in a mistrial. So he's just like one right after the other. It's just... And what they were saying on this documentary is his legal team was so good that they were able to find these minuscule, tiny little technicalities or whatever to just get it all thrown out.
1: Well, yeah, that's what you pay for.
0: Yeah. That's well, what
1: money can buy.
0: Yeah. And it was it was buying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he was just getting right – like, right and left, just getting away with it. Hmm. So apparently he got bored with that and decided, uh, you know what, I think – I'm 32 now. Uh, I'm going to move to Tahlequah, like into Tahlequah, and become part owner of a 38-room apartment complex. Sure. And uh, a steakhouse. As you do. Yeah. It was called the Hereford Steakhouse. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Shortly after that, he would then open a nightclub called the Library Club. So, just kind of this businessman, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, opening all of these, yeah, you have to when you're laundering money for the mob, uh-huh, you have to, yeah, opening <laughs> all these businesses, it was great. he <laughs> was obviously well known um, and known for not getting along with other you know business owners in the area, mm-hmm. just didn't care, it would just pick a fight with anyone. Was known to threaten people that didn't give him what he wanted. Um, you know, just spout it off. He'd pick fights. Uh, at one point, he got into a fight with a college student at those apartments. These were college students of the Northeast, Northeastern State College. Mm-hmm. He, at 32 years old, gets in a fight with one of these college students. And Brindley pops his eye out of him the guy's socket. Mhm. Ew. Like he's just fucking nuts. Ew. Okay. He's nuts. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. I don't like any of this. No. Well, the steakhouse was known for the ste—see, <laughs> the cheapest steaks in town. Yeah. They it was rumored that the steaks were all um Stolen cows. Duh. Stolen. Hashtag no shit. (laughs) And that's why they were so cheap. (laughs) But people still came. Well, yeah, you got to get a cheap steak. Everybody went. Even the, you know, local law enforcement, they went and had a... Well, the special at Herford Steakhouse was the Wrestler's Special. Of course. Of course it was. It was two bucks.
1: Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. Prime steak. Did it include a potato?
0: Yes, it did, actually. Obviously. Yeah. So he was just living his best criminal life at this point in Tahlequah, owning three businesses, just laundering money right and left. Man. Well, all of a sudden, in 1966, some local businesses started being bombed. In Tahlequah? In Tahlequah, shut the fuck up! Literally, it made news. It was they called it mystery bomber in nineteen sixty six Tahlequah. Yes. So, the first one was the Pictorial Press, which is the Tahlequah. I think it's the Tahlequah Express News now, or something like that. By the time it was called the Pictorial Press, had a new editor. And the editor decided to run a column that stated organized crime had infiltrated Tahlequah.
1: Oh, okay.
0: hmm Okay. And it was the first uh, – They were the first casualty? They The first casualty their building was. Jesus. Yeah. Well, along comes someone – someone that wants to be – the hero. He wants to save his town. He's lived in this town his whole life. He's tired of all, you know, the criminal activity going on. So he's going to fix it. And this man was Bill Bliss. He was the assistant district attorney and tired of, you know, Brinley and all his ruffians. Mm-hmm. He was going to, he was going to clean the town, clean up the town, right? He's going to fix it. Well, he decided he was going to do that by shutting down all of the illegal gambling that was happening in these nightclubs. Okay. All right. That's going to piss a lot of people off. Okay. uh, Yeah. And one of the people that pissed off was Brinley. And Brinley, again, being the cocky ass weirdo he was – kicked in bliss's door attorney district a district attorney bliss's front door while bliss was at the table having dinner with his family and tried to (laughs) tried to attack him bliss stood up from the table ran at rex brindley full speed tackled him picked him up threw him outside like shoved him up against a tree and said if you ever come around me and my family again, I'll kill you. So basically it's like, don't come around here again. And Brindley's like, hm, I'll show you. That's when the threat started. The threat s- soon escalated. And while, not while, I guess it, when he was going to get in his car one morning, Bill Bliss, would turn the ignition, and his pickup or his pickup would explode. Mm -hmm. Hashtag no thank you. Right. Well, it wasn't a – I mean, it was an explosion. Obviously, it's going to damage. Bill Bliss lived. (gasps) He lost – How? I don't know, girl. I don't know. But in this documentary, the highway patrolman – That pulled Bliss from his pickup, because he said Bliss was like halfway in and halfway out of the pickup, Uh pulled him from the pickup. The wife and the kids were standing on the porch or standing nearby the porch because it was like a weekend or something morning. The kids had just asked their dad if they could go with him. And he was like, no, not today. I'll be right back. So they were all standing there as he goes to turn on the ignition. They're fine, just completely shook up. And this trooper tells the wife, go get me some rags. And he takes those rags and puts his intestines back in his body. Ugh. Yeah. Ew. But the man ended up living with Jesus. his. It, every time I hear about intestines hanging out, I relive the conversation we have with Raven's husband, who's an EMT. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, don't ever touch them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because they're so... Yeah, they're paper thin. They're
0: paper thin. Mm-hmm. And so when I was hearing this story, I was like, I was very skeptical. Yeah. Like, he could have killed him just by touching his intestines. I mean, what
1: else, what else do you do in 1966 or whatever?
0: I don't know.
1: I would have been like, ooh, this is... Above my pay
0: grade. I can't. <laughs>
1: Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
0: Well, I mean, this highway patrolman was like, no, I'm going to, we're going to save this guy. Sure as fuck they did. Mm. He lived. Mm. But they he had an armed guard and an unarmed uh, police officer in his hospital room. Mm. And then his family went somewhere else because he was like, uh, <laughs> this guy's trying to kill us. The fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, charges were never brought against Brinley because he couldn't prove who did it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. While that's all going on, and Bliss is healing from his injuries, all of a sudden the local nightclubs are being bombed. Hmm. So, there's four nightclubs. hmm Three of them are bombed. And Brinley's is the only one to survive? Yeah. It yeah. was. He was just so lucky mm-hmm. that it was, um, yeah. hmm Very mm-hmm. fortunate. Very fortunate. Again, try to take it to court that this is all Brinley's doing. Brinley's behind all of this. Again. Yeah. Nothing happened. Mm -mm. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, they're literally how he was getting away with this was stupid because he'd literally go and tell all of his criminal buddies. Mm -hmm. Guess what I just did? And nothing. he, He just kept getting away with it. Anyways. Yeah. In 1971. So, five years later. Yes. Okay. Brinley drove to Tulsa. He was looking for a new pickup truck, probably to do some wrestling with, who knows, stealing something. And while at a car dealership, a man by the name of Don Bolding would recognize Brinley. I was like, hey, that's that, that's that shady ass Brinley from Tahlequah. Mm hmm. Brinley was from Bristow, Oklahoma, which is not far from Tahlequah. Or, sorry, Boulding was from Bristow, right? Well, when the truck came up stolen, shortly thereafter, Boulding told his brother, who was the chief of police of Bristow. It's like, hey, maybe you should get in touch with these these individuals. Um, I think Brinley did it. He was at the, I saw him at the car dealership. Sure enough, they find the truck on his property. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do you need to steal
1: a truck if you're just making money hand over fist? I, I, Everywhere. I, again. I don't get it. That was just his tick. Yeah, he
0: just, he was in it for the thrill of it. Yeah. I'm sure. He, he needed that adrenaline rush, apparently. Hmm. So, as they're going to trial... Boulding is subpoenaed to testify. Right before he was to testify, Don Boulding's wife, Fern, before going to work as a school teacher at 28 years of age, would go out to start her pickup truck to get it warmed up. And when she turned the key, the truck would explode. Yes. Jesus Christ. Right. The explosion was so catastrophic that not only did it take part of the house, because it was parked right in the driveway, but her, the upper part of her body would be found, t- I think it was like two or three doors down. Jesus. And it was found... By kids. Ugh. They were on their way to the babysitter that lived in the home. Their mom was driving them. And a little boy was like, Mom, there's, there's Miss Bolding," And she was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, right there. And the mom turns and looks and just sees the top half of Fern Bolding Christ. laying in the driveway. And she was like, oh, no, no, that's just a mannequin. Like she was trying to get her kids like in the house. It's never a mannequin. Never. It's never a mannequin. Mm-mm. They learned that the hard way, I'm sure. Yeah. Poor babies. That had been, to be the mom driving your – that had to been just mortifying. Um, so, obviously, speculation was that this explosion was for Dawn. Yeah. Bolding. But Dawn had taken Fern's car to work that whole week. Yes. And so, she was um, – she was murdered in his place. Yeah, Christ. He he was quoted as saying, um, "I didn't get her, I didn't get him, but I got the closest to him, and that you know how did he say that? Like it, it was basically they get, you know, they get the idea that it, they can't mess with me, type of thing. Yes."
1: So, did they charge him with
0: this, like at least witness intimidation and the murder? For Christ's mm-hmm. sake, yeah. So they not only charged him with the th- the stolen truck, which he got five years for that, but he did go on um, go on to trial for Miss Boldings' murder, and they did find him guilty rather quickly. However. Um, they, at one point, thought, well, uh, it was going to become another mistrial because a key witness had disappeared. Yeah. Jesus. A lot of people were like, oh, this, this witness is dead, mm-hmm. right? Because he was closely – he was a ranch hand for Brinley mm. or worked with Brinley. And so when he disappeared – Everybody was like, "Oh, the last guy that the last guy that was part of you know any nefarious criminal activity mm-hmm. turned states, and he's probably scared, yeah, you, you can't know, like the that witness there's out there. out there. all these rumors that mm-hmm. this guy was dead, right he wasn't he wasn't dead, oh, good for him. he wasn't dead, but they continued with the trial without him. They mm-hmm. just had a bench warrant for him mm-hmm. uh, he was found like a year later in California, so but all, you know how the rumor mill probably oh, flew yeah. in that town at yeah. that time. He was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison for the death of Fern uh, Bolden. However, <laughs> this would not be the last time that people would hear about Rex Brindley Jr. Because just two years later. A very well-known riot broke out at McAllister Prison. 1973, there was a prison riot in McAllister. Okay. A lot of people escaped. Like... Oh, Christ. He hid in a hole in the ground, Mm -hmm. a six-foot hole in the ground, until it was safe enough for him to just kind of walk out of the prison. (sighs) Like th- there was so much going on that he just like got up and just left. Yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. Okay. He was eventually found in, um, I believe it was Tennessee. I could be totally making that shit up right now. And um, was taken back to McAllister. Mm-hmm. Still not, still not done hearing from him in 1976. So. 3 years later he would manipulate the warden become friends with the warden and was allowed to do things that um uh, people that have already escaped and people that have a, a you know a life sentence for murder like would get so basically he made best friends with the warden yeah Yes. This sounds familiar. Yeah. So he became a trustee in some sort of way. Yes. Well, he told the warden, Warden Crisp, that he was a really good um, plumber, best in the state, and the plumbing issue they were having, he could fix. He just needed a few guys to help him. Warden (sighs) Crisp was like... Here you go, and here are all the tools you need, including hacksaws mm-hmm. and um tote uh torch things. Whatever, what am I trying to say?
1: Yeah, like blow torches. Blow and stuff. torches.
0: Mm-hmm. It took them two weeks to dig a hole out of the prison. Sure. Obviously. Yeah. Duh. And they left. They escaped, all of them. No shit. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. This time, however, he didn't get as far as he did the first time, and he actually a week later would walk <laughs> would walk up to somebody in McAllister covered in tick bites and chigger bites and mosquito bites and ask for food, <laughs> and they would recognize him and call law enforcement And they would come and he would go back willingly because he was so eaten up.
1: He escaped at the wrong time of year. That was the mistake that Uh he made. Yeah. He He escaped at the wrong time of year. He really did. And got eaten up by Oklahoma's finest animals.
0: Yep. Garland Rex Brindley Jr. would die at the age of seventy-six. Of natural causes in Tulsa. And that became the end of Rex <laughs> Brindley Jr. In 2009? 2009. In Tulsa? Yes.
1: So did he get out of prison? No. Uh-uh. Oh, he was still in a He was a still facility. in prison. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. So, but they, he was taken to St. Saint Fra- Saint Francis Hospital and died from natural causes there. Oh,
1: okay. I gotcha.
0: Yeah. I'm with it. So. Well, but this dude.
1: He was literally doing the most when he really didn't need to do all that. He
0: really didn't. But when I say there were so many other things that I could have put on here, mm-hmm. he was not only constantly stealing vehicles, which I think some of his, like, cronies were doing that for him. Sure. But he tried to obtain a medic's medic pilot license at one point, and the um, that went to a federal court because he falsified information trying to obtain this license. <laughs> so that went to federal court, and then he also stole a car uh, in the Tahlequah area and drove it to Joplin, Missouri. So then again, it was another federal case. And every one of these. He beat. He beat everyone. Because he was in somebody's pocket. Yeah. And he, like, at one time, he told a police officer that, yeah, I did it, but you're not going to be able to prove it. Talking about the bombing of Bill Bliss. Like, straight up confessed to it but knew they had not enough evidence to do it. I don't know if the circumstances he confessed to it, it wasn't, they couldn't use it as a confession. Because don't you have to have like a Miranda? Mm, that wasn't until that later would, though. Yeah, that would have been so, before Miranda. But yeah, he was like, I'm going to get away with it. Sure that, and he, he did. sure as fuck did. Yeah. Until he couldn't anymore, until it caused someone's death. And then. They were like, we've had enough of you, sir. You've gots to go. Well, I mean. It was crazy. Sometimes you do dumb shit that gets you caught. Yeah. Yes. And he, the majority of these cases that did go to court that or did go to trial or whatever, he would have his attorneys ask for a new venue because he would state that he was too well known And he wouldn't have an unbiased jury. Yeah. And so all of these different cases that went to court were never around Tahlequah or I think it's Mays County or Mm -hmm. Cherokee County. Mm -hmm. Um, They were always, one of them was in Phoenix, Arizona? Yes. Oh, was that one of the federal cases? Yes. Okay. That makes sense. And I was like, so it was crazy. It was crazy to just hear about this, because this guy just didn't give two shits. He well, loved-
1: by witty, he had already proven that he could get off. I know. So, why would he throw a little money at his attorneys, and
0: yeah. he was good. Yes. Hmm. That was a good one, Shy. I thought so. It's hopefully an interesting I- old case. Hopefully I could keep it all together i need need to have pictures Mm -hmm, i do okay so i'll post pictures and try a try to uh clean up a timeline for all of this because it's it's a lot it It was spread out over
1: a lot a long time
0: yes it was spread out over a long time there was also multiple things going on at once with this guy Mm -hmm. it's just hard to go from one newspaper clipping to another yeah and, yeah. try and try and stay on track. So, That's anyways, fair. good job, Shay. That was a good one. Thanks, Shan. If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us
1: on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you, you are underscore doing, doing underscore underscore
0: underscore
1: fine, underscore
0: okay, underscore pod.